Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am the host of Independent Thought. My name is Desmond Price. No matter where you are in the world, I want to thank you for giving me a few minutes of your day to hear my thoughts. As always, we have a great show for you today. Now here are our topics. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Independent Thought. My name is Desmond Price. Today, the topic of discussion is Trump rallies. Now, I have been trying to think about an episode to do that would be conducive to the time that we're in. We're approaching an election, and it feels like the most important way I can use this podcast is to talk about things that are relevant to this election. And there's a lot of different topics that I could have touched on, but the one thing that I felt like I really just needed to speak my piece on was about the like the misperceptions that I'm seeing, you know, along the lines of this election, whether it be on the left or on the right, the misperceptions around Trump, misperceptions around Biden, around this election, about the what the outcome of this election will hold. But most importantly, I wanted to talk about kind of the misperceptions around Trump rallies. And you may be surprised about why that would be where I'd want to go. But let me just take a quick minute, a quick few minutes here to explain to you why I felt like this was the place where I wanted to start. You know, the media tries to portray Trump a certain way. You know, mostly when you hear about Trump on the left side of the media, you hear him being described as, you know, someone who's a racist, someone who's a sexist, someone who doesn't care about the country, someone who's, you know, not a good leader. But most importantly, I think the thing that you constantly hear from the media is that Trump is just this walking buffoon. He's just a stupid person, right? Has no idea what he's doing at any moment of any time. And, you know, I have to say that for a while there, I felt the same way. And I thought that because I felt like maybe I was absorbing all the same media that everyone else was absorbing. I watched The Daily Show. I occasionally watch those late night talk shows, whether it be Stephen Colbert's show or maybe sometimes some of the other shows. I mean, I've seen plenty of segments on MSNBC and CNN. I've read my fair share of articles from the New York Times and Washington Post. They're pretty unanimous in how they feel about Trump. He's a walking moron and has no idea what he's doing. And I feel as though portraying him in that light has done a disservice to those of us who don't ever really take the time to listen to what he has to say. Maybe you've heard a quick snippet. Maybe you've heard a quick little video edited. You know, maybe you've heard something that's been cut up and chopped. But, you know, a lot of the times I feel like you know, you don't really get the full context if you don't listen to it in its entirety. And right now, I probably sound like a Trump apologist for saying something like that. But hear me out for a second. This isn't really about apologizing or anything like that in regards to Trump. This is about understanding the full perspective. Because in my opinion, Trump is not stupid whatsoever, nor are the people who write his speeches, which he has for his rallies. In fact, the truth, I think, is very much the opposite. This actually is very calculated. And in my opinion, it makes it all that much worse for those of us who do not agree with what the president says. So 
Let me take this episode to explain to you what happens at Trump rallies that I've experienced and why exactly that should matter to you. So to begin here, I have always been curious about understanding both sides of the coin when it comes to a conversation. I typically believe that the media can be biased on both sides. And so for a long time, I made a habit of watching CNN and Fox News to see if I couldn't get maybe where the actual story was in between both of the biases. And so when I finally got like the desire to kind of apply that same feeling towards Trump, I went and listened to one of his campaign rallies on YouTube. Obviously, I didn't travel to some state to watch him personally, but I would. they always put his rallies online. So I sat there and I listened, and I listened again, and I listened again. I think I listened to three or four of them in the last couple of years. But for this episode, I decided to listen to the most recent one. So I listened to both of the rallies that he had in Pennsylvania uh, in the last week of September. So the thing that I really wanted to kind of like discover was, is this really all off the cuff? Is he really just a, a, you know, a blubbering person who's up there just saying random things to get people to laugh at him? Sometimes, yeah. But a lot of the times, what you'll notice if you're watching these rallies is that he is more or less reading off of a script. He's reading a speech. These words aren't things that he's just like just coming up with off the top of the head. They're prepared for him. And I'm just going to go out on a limb and assume that they're prepared for him by somebody else. So he has speech writers who are writing out some of the things that are being said. And when you come to that realization, you realize that Trump isn't, you know, like just saying these things because he is a person who maybe, you know, like feels semi-racist or feels a certain way these are talking points that are crafted for him which means that they are trying to create this divisiveness it is actually an orchestrated plan by them and so instead of trying to talk about generalities let me just talk about a little bit more specifics because when you get to a trump rally you have to understand exactly what you're what you're seeing here because half of our country right now is totally engrossed with this person. Trump is their hero. They, I mean, when you when I when I talk to Trump like supporters that I know, like they are in love with this person for one reason or another. It, it's it's unlike anything that I've seen maybe outside of like the support that I've seen for Bernie Sanders. And so the Trump rallies they kind of operate, you know, like an event. I mean, you see American pride on full display. Everyone's wearing some kind of flag memorabilia. Everyone has Trump memorabilia on them. I mean, it almost looks like what you would expect at like a concert, you know, like just a bunch of people, like really like in an amazing mood. The energy is really high. It is an event for a lot of people. And when they get there, they're being treated to lots of, you know, like good music. There's warm up acts. A bunch of people come out and kind of like jazz up the crowd, almost like they're getting ready to, listen to a comedy special and Trump comes off of his plane like to, you know, God bless the USA. It's a full spectacle, honestly. And so you get to the point where when you're watching this and, you know, if you're trying to be objective about it, you realize that 
you know, the idea here is that we're trying to gin people up to get ready for this, this really big moment. And then when Trump comes out, the first things that he loves to do is kind of just like lie about the things that he claims that he has done, but hasn't really done. He just, he'll just say random things to make himself look good. I think, and he'll just throw out these generalities all over the place. Like one of the things that he said during this most recent rally is that I've done everything that I've said and more. And then he'll talk about how the last time that he, you know, ran in Pennsylvania, that he won that state easily, even though doing some research of my own, he won that state by 43,000 votes out of 6 million ballots that were cast. He won by like less than one-tenth of one percent. I mean, but it doesn't really matter because his fans will believe anything that he says. You know, it's gotten to the point now where the one thing that he loves to do during these events is to constantly look at the back of the room where most of the media is placed and say that the media is just fake news, right? You've heard him say that numerous times, but really the point is that he's trying to drive home there is that if anybody does not agree with him, if anyone does not like him, they are against him and therefore they're against you because he tries to make these rallies more or less about the fact that what he believes is a reflection on the American people. And so if anyone doesn't believe what he believes, then they're against America. But we'll get to that more in, here in a second. First, I want to keep talking about some of the things that he was saying that just, just weren't factual. And, you know, just to keep things completely fair here, I, I know that he constantly talks about the fact that you know, like the fake news, what he says, which is basically news that says anything bad about him. The fake news will never, you know, talk about the good things that he does. And there is some truth to that. You know, I think one of the reasons why Trump is able to kind of build validity with his followers is because the CNN, MSNBC, all the liberal media has actually done a disservice to itself by only focusing on all the negatives that President Trump does. I mean, they almost never talk about anything positive that has happened. And while I know that might be hard for people to hear who don't like him, but there have been some positive things that have happened under the Trump administration. And while the positives, in my opinion, are way outweighed by the negatives, it does not really look good if your network, basically the end of every story equals Trump is bad. It just, it doesn't give you the credibility that you need to be unbiased. And so now it's more or less, it just feeds into his narrative of us versus them. You know, and so Trump's able to use that ability into just basically being able to tell people that he's done things that he hasn't done. Like when he says that all the troops are coming home, when in fact, that is not the case. Most of the troops have stayed in Afghanistan, even though we have apparently signed this peace deal with the Taliban saying that the war was over. Trump said that he that the military was depleted when he got into office, that he rebuilt it. The military can't be depleted when we are constantly spending more money than the next like 10 to 15 countries combined. We've never stopped increasing our spending on our military. You know, Trump claims that he has bigger victories than he has, but that doesn't really matter because no one's going to spend the time to fact check him. And that is honestly one of the 
geniuses of Trump in and of itself is that, you know, he actually lies so much that after you like start fact checking him for like three or four minutes, you get so pissed off that you don't even want to talk anymore. And, and therefore, you know, basically he's normalized disinformation. And, you know, it, it's, it's really something that becomes challenging when you're trying to take, you know, a neutral position on this. Because it's easy for me to be biased. I can just flat out say that I don't like Trump. That's really easy for me to say. But, you know, like right now, my main objective here is not to just like just call Trump names and say that he's a bad guy. I want to define it. We, I want to define it so that when we have these conversations with the people that we know who might support this person or might be indifferent to Trump, we can speak to the exact reasons why Trump is not fit for office, not just Trump is bad, therefore he needs to go. Like, I, don't, I don't think that's good enough because it's not reaching enough people. You know, we need to address this in a different way. The way that Trump talks about you know, his opposition, it, it's never, it's not what we're used to seeing and it's not good for this country as far as I'm concerned. You know, when he's not lying about things that he claims to have accomplished, the next thing he always loves to do is talk about how if Democrats were in power, that the rights of the American people would be gone. You know, he said in his most recent rally that if he was not in office, that the Second Amendment rights would be obliterated for everyone in America. And at no point in time has Joe Biden ever talked about taking away guns or limiting gun rights in any way other than establishing universal background checks, which is just basically trying to keep people who might, you know, have like a, a felony conviction or might be not mentally fit to own a weapon from having a firearm. It wouldn't do anything to a normal gun owner, but that's not how they frame these conversations. It's just, if Democrats are in office, your second amendment goes away. And then he would say things like, if the Democrats are in office, then they'll pass the radical Green New Deal and all of your jobs will go away because you won't have any energy jobs anymore. Basically trying to turn the climate debate into a jobs debate. And so since he has this position of authority, he's able to convince his followers that the climate debate really isn't a debate about saving the planet. It's a debate about the Democrats want to come take your money. I mean, and that's that is a talking point that unfortunately I've heard him say at multiple rallies at this point. And I feel like that just by itself, just to isolate on that point for one quick moment here, that is something that I feel like if you have a Trump, like, you know, like friend in your life, a friend who is a Trump supporter, that is something that we really need to have a better conversation about in this country. This idea that trying to address climate change isn't about government overreach it's about trying to create a you know a sustainable planet for the rest of our for our children for ourselves for our grandchildren this shouldn't really be a matter of you know jobs versus no jobs there are plenty of ways to replace these oil and gas jobs with new green energy jobs we don't have to make this about you know if we do these things then our way of life will go away or if we get rid of coal mining what will happen to the coal miners you know we can find a way to save the planet and make sure that people don't go poor at the same time and so i think it's terrible that trump tries to like paint it as if you know if we try to address climate change then people are going to go poor but you know just just moving on here 
I later heard him say that, you know, if the Democrats, you know, are going to continue to be in office, then, you know, your churches will remain closed because the only reason that your churches are closed right now is because the Democrats hate God. And it's just inflammatory things like that that just don't make any sense to me. Like, he knows that a lot of churches are closed in a lot of states because of the fact of coronavirus and every state having their own different set of rules, which is only the case because the federal government, being him, did not want to, into, did not want to implement national mandates, so he left it up to the states. But that's besides the point. But the point is that churches are closed in certain communities because of coronavirus. It's nothing to do with Democrats hating God, but that's the way that he chose to frame it. You know, just time and time again, you know, this really, the narrative comes down to in these Trump rallies is that Trump is trying to paint it as it's us versus them. And he literally said that. He referred to the Democrats as the enemy and said recently, as I'm sure most people heard, that the only way that I'll lose in November is if it's rigged. As if saying basically that there's no way that it will be a legitimate like election if enough people voted me out. Sowing further dissent into his followers. And he goes on to say that red states have no crime, only blue states do. It's all these Democrat cities. And I'm sure you've heard that, you know, like talking point being relabeled online. He's telling people in his rallies to watch out for ballot sneakiness because Democrats are going to try to mess with the ballots. So he told people if they if they saw weird things happening with their ballots to contact their local authorities. I mean, he was saying that, you know, we need to vote him back into power so that we reject socialism because everyone in the Democratic Party is a socialist, which that's news to me since I'm pretty sure that they went way out of their way to make sure that the only person who claimed to be a Democratic socialist did not get on the ticket. So, but mostly the thing that bothered me was that you know, every time that he referred to Joe Biden, he referred to him as, you know, someone who was radical left and that if he gets into office, he's going to destroy the country. He said, if the Dems win, you'll lose all your rights, your constitution will be worthless, and you'll never recover. That is an exact quote that I pulled from one hour and three minutes into his speech he gave in Pittsburgh this past week. And so... The point I'm, I'm really trying to drive home here is that, you know, what Trump is doing is something that, you know, really needs to be broken down specifically, because this is more than just the rantings of someone who's dumb. This is more than just the rantings of some buffoon. This is not how Trevor Noah paints him out to be. This is not how John Oliver paints him out to be. He's not just some bumbling idiot who's just randomly throwing out, you know, just like just nasty things to say. This is a very calculated, you know, scheme. This is, if I don't win, then your life will end. That's basically the picture he's trying to paint for all these people. And these people believe him. And he has also created this, 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 um, this territory, basically. He's, he's painted this picture to his followers that anyone who says anything bad about me is lying. Only I will tell you the truth. Only I tell you the truth. Only I care about you. You can only win through me. Through anyone else, you will fail. You will, you know, be indoctrinated with, you know, 
anti-American lies. He goes on to say in that rally that if the left wins, they're going to teach your children anti-American lies in the schools. And he was referring to the 1619 Project that is being, you know, I guess, implemented in certain areas of the country where they want to teach kids about the history of slavery in America because they feel as though it's not being covered well enough in a lot of uh, elementary and middle schools. He also goes on to talk about how, you know, he recently got rid of a regulation that allowed for low-income housing to be in the suburbs. And he said that he got rid of that regulation because he wanted to save the American dream. Basically saying that, you know, when you live in the suburbs, you don't want to live around poor people anymore. It's just, it's time and time again, this is really about him trying to create this division in America. And that is honestly, like, when we really like break this down here, going a little bit further, like that is my main issue with Trump, you know, because this idea about it being us versus them, that is something that I feel as though everyone should reject in this country. There, I don't, I don't want to endorse any politician. I don't care what the letter is next to their name, that it's us versus them. And when I come back from the break here, I'm going to explain to you why I think that's so dangerous and what exactly we need to do going forward to talk about this in a better way. Hey, Indie Thought listeners. Has this past year helped you rediscover your creative and crafty side? Well, then you're going to love our sponsor for today's episode, Bathing Beauties Beads is a full-service bead shop in the heart of downtown Missoula. Whether it's seed beads, semi-precious stones, vintage beads, or just materials to make a project, they have something for every person and every price range. Not from Missoula? Don't worry. They have an extensive online store and they will ship directly to you. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, they'll welcome you and help you make your next project a reality. You can find them online at Bathing Beauties Beads on Instagram and Facebook or at bathingbeautiesbeads.com. And don't forget to use offer code INDEPENDENTTHOUGHT at checkout to save 15% on your order. Betty's Divine is a locally owned boutique on the magnificent hip strip in downtown Missoula, Montana that has been a fixture in the Mountain West since 2005. We have a fondness for vintage inspired clothing, shoes and accessories for humans, as well as the real deal found in our vintage department, Divine Trash. Betty's Divine presents a snapshot of Northwest styles with an emphasis on street, skate, surf and rock and roll culture, as well as Americana classics. Alongside a radical selection of clothing, Betty's Divine offers a damn fine array of shoes, jewelry, records, and accessories to satisfy any taste, whatever your age or vibe. You can count on us to prioritize financial, social, and environmental responsibility without sacrificing the look. Visitors enjoy a lovely atmosphere, dreamy tunes, and the best customer service in the West. And you can shop us online at Betty'sDivine.com. Welcome back from the break, everyone. Thank you for sticking with me through this episode. I wanted to come to the second half of this episode talking about 
what exactly is the danger of having this us versus them mentality? You know, as I was saying in the last segment, I feel as though, you know, one of the things that President Trump likes to do is create this idea amongst his followers that if you're not with me, you're against me. And the question really becomes is, is that really dangerous? And is it having an effect on people? And my opinion is that I think it is a very dangerous thing. I think we're seeing that play out all over the country, right? Whether it's protesters in the streets of all these cities, like having clashes with each other, whether it's just people online just constantly fighting and bickering with one another, or whether it's just getting to the point now where people don't even want to talk to each other if they are, you know, if they believe in politics that you don't believe in. I've heard people say that they won't date somebody who's a Trump supporter or they'll, or they will never like invite somebody over to their house who's a liberal. And it's crazy to me that we've gotten to this point in our country because it feels like maybe it was just five years ago that where, you know, these were not topics that just divided us so much. And I'm not going to just blame this solely on Donald Trump because he's, he is just one person regardless of the amount of power he holds. But the problem with me is when it comes to Trump is that at no point in time does he really seem to care about the impact that he's having on this country as far as the divisiveness is concerned. He doesn't seem interested in any way, shape, or form to bring the temperature down in the room, as Joe Biden likes to say. And I, I, I feel that. I feel as though there is so much just nastiness going on in the world. Trump could have done so much good by just saying something simple like, you know, I don't agree with the way that the news, you know, characterizes me. This is the way I see it. He could have just said something as simple as that, but he had to call them fake news, fake news, fake news, fake news, fake news. Just basically trying to create this idea that if you say anything bad about me, if you say anything against me, if someone says anything that contradicts what I said, it is wrong. And I know that people like to get, you know, I know that people who are supporters of his get upset when you know, people on the left will call him like a dictator or a fascist or, you know, something along those lines. But, you know, Trump hasn't become that just yet, but he definitely uses those tools. I mean, those are the tools that are used in these authoritarian nations. This idea that anything that is said bad about me is unpatriotic, is not correct. Those people want to destroy our country. Like if you... If you're a Trump supporter and you're listening to me right now and you're thinking to yourself, you're just some liberal bashing my president, imagine taking those same exact words and putting them into the mouth of Barack Obama and then telling me how you feel about those same words being said. This really shouldn't be about the D, the letter D or the letter R next to somebody's name. This shouldn't really be about if you're a Trump supporter or not. This should be about what kind of leadership we want in our country. Do we really want Trump's leadership? Are we okay with this idea that, you know, if you're not with me, you're my enemy? Would you be okay if a Democratic president said that? Would you be okay if a Democratic president, you know, was running or a politician was running for office 
And his campaign was constantly saying things like, if you vote Republican, you're going to burn down the country. If you vote Republican, all of your rights are going to go away. If you vote Republican, you're an enemy of the people. Would you be okay with that? I don't think anyone should be okay with that. That's not the language that I want to hear from any politician. And this is having an impact on people. You don't really need to look at studies online or in papers about what kind of impact this is having on the people of America. You, we all see it for ourselves. We know how toxic it is right now to be out in this country and talk about your political views, especially if it's to somebody who you think might be differentiating in opinions from you. It, it, just, it feels so un, unnerving right now. And people's emotions are so high. Like they feel as though if you disagree with them, then you're an enemy. And we do not need that division in this country. And to be fair right now, it doesn't just come from Trump. It doesn't. It comes from the left as well. This idea that, you know, if you don't believe the way that we believe, then you're the issue. And I know that I've spent most of the time on this episode focusing on Trump and how he does that. And the reason that I do that is because at the end of the day, he is the president. You know, we can talk about whataboutisms all day long about who does this and who does that. But when you're the president, you're supposed to be the leader of the country. You are the head of the most powerful country in human history. You have to set an example. And I understand that there's going to be some people in this country who are going to not be setting a good example, but you have to set the best example. That's what we elect you to do. That is why you have that job. That is a part of your job. Your job is supposed to make America great for everyone, not just for the people who vote for you. But I do not feel as though Trump is capable of that. I don't think he wants anything to do with that. He just wants to create more fire. And that is, in essence, why I don't and cannot ever support the man. I understand that maybe some policies are out there that certain people are really in favor of. Maybe you're a conservative and you really like his views on immigration. Maybe you like his tax views. Maybe you like his manufacturing job views or the fact that he's tough on China. I've heard plenty of reasons why people like Trump. It doesn't matter whether I agree with them or not. I understand why you think that way. And I'm sure there are other plenty of Republican politicians who could probably give you those same policy desires that you want. But Trump is not really the right person for this job. I mean, somebody whose sole, his sole talking point is, you know, you're either with me or you're against me should not be fit to be running a country that is like ours. We are a divided country, not in the sense of, you know, us hating each other, but in the sense that there are always going to be conservatives and liberals in this country. You're never going to have a situation where conservatives are just going to all pick up and leave or liberals are all going to pick up and leave. You know, when this election ends, the other side is still going to be here. It's not like they're going to self-deport. And so we need a leader who's going to look at, you know, both sides of the country and say, this is how we come together. Not, if you're not with me, you're my enemy, which is the only thing that Trump seems to know how to do. And so, you know, let, let's talk about the opposite thing here. If Biden got into office, would he fix everything in this country? And my answer to that simply is no. Biden's no hero. And I don't think that he's the answer that the American people need. 
I don't think that he's a solid politician. And honestly, I'm pretty upset that he's the choice that we have. I mean, the issue that I had trying to create this episode today was I was trying to find the right words to frame the argument that I knew I wanted to make, but it's hard to convince people not to vote for Trump when the other option is Biden, because Biden has provided no real tangible reason by why you should vote for him other than the fact that he's not Trump. And in my opinion, that's not good enough. It's not good enough to just not be Trump. And so I have honestly no like real enthusiasm towards Biden himself. This is uh, an election that is basically just a do you support Trump or not support Trump? Because I don't really know anyone personally who's really excited about Biden. They're only excited about Biden through the transitive property that being excited about Biden means, you know, like being excited about getting rid of Trump. That, that, that's really what it boils down to. No one's actually just here for Biden. And that's sad that we're in this position where we don't have a candidate that we can believe in. Because he hasn't spent any time really talking about, you know, what he's going to do for America. He just keeps saying that he's not Trump. And so I hate that we're in this position. However, with that being said, the position still is what we are in. And I have tried to justify my not voting for Trump by saying that it doesn't matter that I'm not that excited about Biden. Because at the end of the day, Trump has become someone, well, not really become, he's always been this way, but Trump is a president who is just toxic for this country. And I feel as though he's toxic for the people who also support him because he does nothing but just inflame them with this idea that he's really great, that he does a bunch of things that he says he doesn't do, and that there's no point in trying to tell him when he lies because he's made it clear that it doesn't matter when he lies because he'll just keep telling you that it's not a lie. And then if you can prove that it's not a lie, well, then they'll tell you that it was, it was taken out of context. And then if you can prove that it wasn't taken out of context, he'll just tell you it wasn't a big deal. And if you can claim that it is a big deal, he'll just tell you that it's a waste of time. You know, it's just, it's always something with him. And I just feel as though that even though Biden is not the person that we need, we need to come together and just understand that this person, Donald Trump, is not the kind of person that we need to have in the White House. And so what I think that people can do moving forward is just take a second to breathe when you're having a conversation with somebody who's on the different political spectrum than you are. Like, let's try to do this on a lower level, on a personal level. Maybe our politicians aren't the heroes that we need, but maybe we need to start setting the example. All of these online fights that we get into, all of these disagreements, all of these yelling matches on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, you know, wherever you're on a social platform, they're not doing anything but furthering dividing us. I understand that there are nasty people out there who are just trolling. Don't interact with trolls. There are plenty of people out there who legitimately want to have good conversations, and we can have them. We can find commonalities between us. You know, there's a lot of things you probably agree with the person who, you, who votes differently than you. We don't need to continuously be this toxic to each other. We don't need to feed into the divisiveness that these politicians and that these media sources are trying to paint for us. We don't need to kind of adhere to the kind of America that Trump wants, which is, you know, you're either on one side or the other. And finally, you know, unfortunately, I... While I was coming to make this episode, I was trying to think of some 
inspirational reason for why you should vote against Trump, but or why you should cast your ballot for Biden. And I know that everyone has their different reasons about why they want to, you know, like vote, whether it be for environmental issues or for, you know, just the, you know, for criminal justice issues, for education issues, for the Supreme Court vacancy that's coming up and the reproductive rights that are now at stake for a lot of people. There are a lot of different reasons that you want to vote. And I personally think that, you know, one of the things that we need to focus on when we are casting our ballots is that, you know, let's not try to think of this election as trying to own the other side. Let's not try to think of this election as trying to own the conservatives, trying to own the liberals. Let's just think of this election as just trying to do the right thing. Like, like what is actually the right thing? You know, for me, I am thinking about this as like, what kind of leadership do I want in my country? And I just adamantly reject the kind of leadership that Donald Trump has, you know, projected onto this country. And I'll be voting against him when my ballot comes to me in the next couple of weeks. I know that there are probably some people on here who like Trump, who don't want to hear me say something like that. And my final thing that I have to say to you is that I can understand you know, some of the things that might be appealing about Trump. And I understand why you may not want to vote for Joe Biden. And I'm going to tell you that if Joe Biden gets into office, I'm going to be the first person to criticize him when he starts messing up because I don't believe in partisanship. I don't believe in being a Democrat or being a Republican. I just believe in calling it as I see it. And if someone's not fit for office, I'm going to call it out like I see it. And right now it is proven to me without a shadow of a doubt that Donald Trump does not deserve to be the president of this country. He was not built for this job, and there is no part of him that actually wants to make America great again. He just wants to make America one nation under Trump, and I'll never get behind that. That's our show for today, everyone. Thank you again for listening to Independent Thought. You can always find me on any major platform that you're listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. You can find us on any of those platforms. Please, if you are listening, give us a five-star review. Please subscribe if you have not already. And if you did find this video on YouTube, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Now, my final thought of the day is a quote that I want to share with all of you as I've been sharing quotes these last few episodes. And so this is what I'm going to leave you with today. Far away there in the sunshine are my highest aspirations. I may not reach them, but I can look up and see their beauty, believe in them, and try to follow where they lead. And as always, remember, try to embrace your independence.